this month, Fate's Warning will release their new album, Long Day, Good Night, via Metal Blade Records. Fate's Warning have been a formidable presence in progressive metal for more than 35 years, helping to shape and drive the genre without ever compromising their integrity or losing any relevance. They return in 2020 with Long Day, Good Night, the most epic and longest album of their story career. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash fates warning. Once again, Long Day, Good Night, the new album from Fates Warning. Pre-order it now, metalblade.com slash fates warning. This is the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Sylvia Alvarado. Metal Sucks Podcast. What's going on, everybody out there? It is I, your host, Petter Spych. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn. You could follow me on Twitter and Instagram at your buddy Gooch. Also... Sylvia, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. And Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N, sharp like a sharp knife. And if you guys want to follow me, I'm at Rise to Offend on Facebook and Twitter. Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, we got, oh, love this record. Mikel Stein from Dark Tranquility is our guest. Their new record, Moment, is coming out November 20th, guys. Make sure you pre-order it. Hang in there for the interview. We're going to play a couple tracks after that interview so you guys can get a taste of the record. But before we get to our interview, let's do a little bit of a roundtable discussion on the Metal Sucks News. Get the news at your mouth. Get the facts straight. Don't deliberate or I'll tell you fucking nipple. Get the news at your mouth. All my dick is going in. You don't know where it's been. You better not bullshit me. True. I know where it's been. I'm upset I don't really wow. think, I don't, by so many of those lyrics. I know lyrics. where it's been. I'm uh, upset by so many of those lyrics. Yeah. That's a little forceful. It was meant, to be <laughs> fair, to be fair, I wasn't singing to you, lovely ladies. I was singing to this lovely Pete over Oh, okay. Here, right? Okay, uh, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Never mind. I don't think it's fair, fair at all. Look, yeah. <laughs> your guy's nipples. How's that fair? Yeah, your guys, the word. Your guy's nipples will stay intact. I, Pete's. To your point, though, if we made a law that if you lied on the news, your nipples got ripped off, I think our society would change real quick. Oh, yeah. you know what? <laughs> I think Let people lost their nipples. If nipples get ripped off in this room, I'll take it for the team. <laughs> Moving on. I'll tell you right now, man. Thanks, uh, Pete. What a leader. No problem. You guys and he's worry. not even into BDSM. Yeah, no. yeah. I cry. I cry. No, yeah. Pete's just into, <laughs> like a motherfucker. Yeah, Pete's just into people not bitching. So if you got to tear my nipples off to get me to, to, get, you, to get you to shut the fuck up, I would I'm survive. fine with it. The nipple martyr over there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, nipple martyr. You're like Jonah Barry. Jonah Jonah Barryola. Pete the nipple martyr. Saint Pete the nipple martyr. Saint Pete of Ariola. Joan of Ariola. First Ooh. news story, guys. You'll Ooh. never guess the first news story. It's on the internet, so it's a lie. I love it. Oh. Anyways, but it's shitty. Because it's on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a lie. Wolfgang Van Halen, his father just passed away, the legendary Eddie Van Halen. Um, there was a lie circulating around that the, um, I'm not going to say who started it, but anyways, they said that there's a strong possibility that the Eddie Les Van Halen would reunite 
and that would happen. That's the dumbest thing I've ever like, fucking get heard. Get the fuck Who, out of here. Why would you even print that? First off, why would anybody even look and they go, is this true? Like, like there's two no weeks after he died, yeah. also. Like, they're going to be in a mood to be playing music yeah. Yeah. without Eddie Van Halen. No, it's, like, it's, okay. like Neil, it's like Neil Diamond dying and going, well, by the way, uh, Neil Diamond's still going back on the tour. It's right. like, no, dude, it's the same thing. <laughs> right. right? We put the coffin on a hook and yeah. we're just going <laughs> to swing it back and forth on the stage. Money talks. <laughs> oh. And so uh, Wolfgang, his son, obviously responded that this is just a shitty lie attempting to capitalize on these awful times. Please stop with this. Anyone peddling this shit is not only hurting the fans, but hurting me and my family. Duh. Like they're in mourning right now and someone needs to get some clicks and shit on their site and they make some bullshit up like this and they get probably got clicks and got news stories all over the place because it went all, all over the metal news sphere, you mm-hmm. know, for that. But damn, we're... Like we gotta be how better. Do you, this uh, is Eddie Van Halen. We gotta be but better. Just to dude. Jo- but just but to Joslyn's point though, how do we keep low life sacks of shit from doing that? How do we keep low oh, life sacks of shit from from know. making that's, up lies? Like we have to punish them. That's we, gotta what, be a way. No, what guys. we do is we don't take everything on the internet as gospel. That's what you do. Is you stop acting like just because you read it on the internet, it's real. It's not fucking real See, my but thing the is- origin of why why don't we have a human like compassionate moment not to type this shit out but i understand that the trolling thing is kind of what what is entertainment now in our society is people doing shit like this this well, is yeah. entertainment yes right? the fact that there's no empathy is because they're not connected to these people they're yeah. just like i don't know like icon not I, no they're not people they're not people they're, they're, exactly they're, they're, they're things there's yeah. things so they're not connected to it so they have no empathy so they can make lies like this well and there's and a, they don't care there's an embedded belief in western culture that if you're famous you ask for this that if you're famous yeah. that you you give up your rights to privacy you give up your rights to human empathy mm-hmm. because you're famous and rich and that's not necessarily true and we don't really think about this and at the same time this couldn't even go so far as to have enough energy to be malicious. This could just be someone searching for clicks, man, because you make money on clicks. But this- my thing is, always, I'm sure people that put a story out like this, they're not looking at it like they're being malicious, but they are, in fact, being, being malicious. malicious. Mm-hmm. So, next story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just moving on. Sorry, I'm so angry. I, I I'm so angry that this I, kind of humor yeah, is horrible. We, yeah. we, 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 when, when all of us are spewing hate and nobody's got a devil's advocate side, we just move on. <laughs> no, no. Because we're just going to keep saying fucking yeah. hateful shit. Until first we off, smash something. Yeah, first off, first off, when I'm the one going Jocelyn, that's kind of hateful. Like, it's just it's, like, yeah, that's... It's, yeah, we're, we're there. Yeah, we're, yeah. At we're, we're at that level. Yeah. Next story. Level, yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, when Gooch is the voice of reason, you're like, ooh, damn, let me just turn this down. When he's offended. Yeah, yeah, when I'm offended, I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. Last <laughs> week, nobody was saying next story. And <laughs> Brandon just kept getting just deeper, deeper and deeper that he buries his friend and then yep. he just keeps going. That's what happens. Uses his name oh, and everything bury him <laughs> oh i love you dennis <laughs> yeah, don't don't put, edit that out don't edit it out <laughs> i'm gonna edit it out because he doesn't love dennis <laughs> he no. buried him last week oh, did i bury <laughs> i'm no, kidding i'm kidding okay. Okay. that's what we like to call it's called uh, a, a titty twister okay there you that's go that's all that just, is not I was what just, a titty twister I was just is twisting his titty we'll give it to you yeah. Pete. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> we'll pretend, we'll pretend talk- like anyone calls it. Well, I am the nipple martyr. I can, <laughs> I can I say, Today's twister. theme is nipples. This is a guy that's already <laughs> sacrificed his nipples on the show, so he doesn't care. I changed He's like, whatever. He's like, as long as you guys are happy, my nips are gone. <laughs> 
you pray to the dead nipples, and mm-hmm. God, oh. that sounds weird. I'm just yeah. curious pray what you think a wedgie nipples. is now. If that's what you think a titty God. twister is, How what? You, what do you think a wedgie is? If that what you think a wedgie, if, I know what a wedgie is. Okay, I'm just yeah. checking. I gave many. All right. I'm kidding. No, I'm you kidding. didn't. I didn't give any. I never <laughs> so gave any. called you out immediately. Fuck <laughs> off. No, I did see one. I did see one wedgie. My favorite wedgie I ever saw. I didn't do it. I'm not saying you did it. I'm saying like I've seen one. You could call him out like Dennis last week. <laughs> uh, no, I. Uh, so the story, like the the wedgie I saw, was like the guy just went for it real quick, and then the the band ripped, and but he put it like over the kid's neck, so he had this like <laughs> he had like a wedgie, and then the band went over Aww. his neck, so it looked like he was wearing like a Borat costume almost. <laughs> With his underwear. Did you ever get wedgied? I got wedgied I on theater one time. I got wedgied by uh, by, by like my, my stepbrother when I was like, he was like 10 years older than me. I mean, this kid was carrying me around like a fucking lunchbox by my underwear. I got <laughs> wedgied a bunch in high school. Did yeah. you? Yeah, there was like this trend where girls, if you had a whale tail, the guys would wedgie you. Well, tells like when your thong sticks out of the top. Yeah, of your that was pretty oh. big. Yeah, wow. Like wow. Early so 2000s. guys would just early two thousand guys would walk up and grab it, and it hurts. Jesus, there, because you thongs think that aren't. A, you think a regular wedgie doesn't feel good? A thong wedgie is so because it's already thin. <laughs> yeah, and it's already up your crack. Yes, oh. it's not comfortable to begin with. Yes, reach. Dude, yeah. I remember one time I was. I remember one time I was doing some. I remember one There's time like I ten did that. women that listen to this podcast. Like, yeah, you tell. Them. I Amen, one, sister. Dude, swear to God, swear to God. So one time, Lisa and I, we were, we were fooling around, and she was just in her underwear, and I like grabbed her by the grabbed her like underwear, like pulling her like towards me, but something happened where it wedged, <laughs> and it like it went up. I, dude, you whale tail your wife and back. Yeah, like she's like, yeah, like oh. she just like, and I'm like, I'm so sorry, like. Yeah. You know, and then you, know, you well tailed your wife. Yeah, yeah. You try to rip them off like a tough guy. You did, uh, and then they didn't rip. And you yeah. wedgie. <laughs> so I, was, I watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith, and I'm like, ooh, this is what women want. And I, and you, you just want me to go full caveman? Atomic wedgie. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, full caveman? Are you wet? She's that was like, like me nah. the first time I tried to take a belt off with one hand because I saw it in a movie, and I was like trying to be hot and still make out and take off the belt with one hand, and it was just like. Your guy's belt or your belt? <laughs> the guy's okay, belt. Okay. Oh, so you know what? I'm going to tell you. What the first girl I had, the, the, the trick to getting the belt with one pole is you have to feed it through halfway. That's how, that's what the girls that did it to me. So they would get it, they would get the belt like through two loops and then the big lawnmower tugs. Oh Zip. no, I couldn't even get it unbuckled. Oh. <laughs> well, then you're just dumb. I'm so. chubby. I never wore belts. I was chubby my whole life. I've never worn belts. Chubby has nothing to do with not being able to get done with a belt. All right, not being able to undo a belt. That's like that's upstairs and stuff. I just don't know how to. Thing. All right, listen. I have slip-on shoes on right now, okay? <laughs> For a reason. <laughs> I don't think I can go back to my wedgie story. We've gone too far. We've gone way too no, far. Let's go. Let's it's go. really not that good. Let's go. Let's okay. go. Oh, is it you know, bad? Yeah. It's not bad. Okay. We were doing a play in high school theater, and um, I pick up a female actress, yeah. and I take her off stage, and during like the dress rehearsal, she grabbed my underwear because I was wearing like, and she pulled and ripped them. As yes. a prank or because she was falling? No, no, as a prank. As a prank. Oh. So yeah, Pete whipped her. Yeah, so in other words, like. <laughs> she was a mean she, prank. I, I threw yeah. her, she, like, like if you <laughs> think about her, her, her legs kind of did, were like, forward f- and then her arms were yeah, back Yeah, so she back. had full access. Yeah, and I was running and then she, she, and I was wearing like the costume I had was like, 
suspenders were my shirt tucked in. So yeah. Yeah. I probably had my shirt tucked in to underwear. my underwear Aww, without knowledge. Buddy. And she grabbed them and just you know and ripped them. That's, that's, that's my only way. That's risky prank. Let considering that, a, that person's holding you. Yeah. And you, because you could body slam her. You could have very easily body slammed her. He would never. <laughs> no, she just would have I actually, I, I took her to senior prom. Oh, <laughs> and then you body slammed her that night. We're yeah, not talking about that. That's personal. She didn't even have to fit that belt through two loops. She got it with one pole. He didn't wear, you already heard he was wearing suspenders. By the he way, let me belts. just point this out about Pete, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, Pete, when we were in high school and stuff, was was like, was like hung out with all the theater kids, right? It's like, that was like, his, but the funny thing is, is like years later, he's like, I really hated the theater kids. Like, he didn't like them. So yeah, nobody, like, nobody likes theater when kids. I went theater to college, kids are a different breed. When yeah. I went to college, uh, I got my degree in fine arts, and I had to take a lot of theater classes. That's when I was like, I don't like Why them. do you hate theater? I'm going to tell you why. Number one reason I hate theater kids is uh-huh. because uh, they think they're funnier than they are, they, than they are, and then they also it's like love, improv comedy yes, at a it's dinner constant, table, right? Yeah. And then and then there's that, and then it's also breaking in the song for no fucking reason. And that then was looking every day at in you, high school, huh? That was every day in high school. Yeah, because I was in musical theater. But me they, too. They break into song, and then they look at you to continue the song. You're like, I don't fucking know. Yeah, and yeah. There before Christmas, I gotta <laughs> say, I, I was in a musical theater troupe for eight years. We traveled all around northern Nevada performing. We never broke into song for no oh, reason. Man. We mostly just made out and fucked each other a lot. <laughs> right. Well, and that's why Pete hates him. Get Jack them. the Pumpkin King. <laughs> <laughs> this is Halloween. <laughs> the best segue I could do. All right. That's all I got. That's good. Good enough. Rob Zombie returns with a new album, guys, in March. Now, as fans, we grew up white zombie, Rob Zombie, yeah, yeah. Do you guys get more excited about a new Rob Zombie movie or a new album album i've been wishing he would go back it's been a while it's been five years i believe for the album they said um but movie wise yeah we had three from hell last year i mean it was all right i haven't been impressed i'm not okay i don't want i i'm i'm fine with it how's that i'm fine with it as well i just saying it's good i haven't been like fuck yeah this rob zombie movie since the crazies or not the crazies the um devil's rejects the devil's rejects that's what i meant that's what everybody says yeah and just because the gore is just like everybody was excited when he did halloween it just didn't turn it just didn't turn out the way that yeah it turned out stupid it it wasn't stupid i liked a lot of it i mean there's some badass scenes in there where he's like fucking smashing that stripper up against the mirror that's pretty cool but i mean like i I like horror movies stop acting like i like violence i like horror movies okay (laughs) <laughs> and it, it was a stripper. He's talking about a stripper. She's like, I like horror movies. I'm like, with a W? <laughs> I like horror movies. Okay, thank you. Um, no, I'm just, I don't know. I just feel like I, I missed Rob Zombie's music and, and I want to hear what he would make now. You know? Uh, I think he's going to, I'm not, ex- I'm going to say that I'm not really excited about both because I just think he <laughs> needs to go away. It's not excited for an album. No, no, I don't hear new I, music I, from I, him. I, yeah. All I'm saying is, is like, well, I just always looked at Rob Zombie's music as kind of like dance metal where it's like, it's got like a thumping beat. You can move to it. Well, I've, yeah, seen where, I've seen them turn. I've seen them put on Dragula in like nightclubs. There's an electronic you know? component to Rob yeah. Zombie's music for sure. But I think that Pete's classification of it as, in, as industrial metal is more in tune with it because it was, you know, really became popular in that time where there was, I mean, literally when metal was like all the soundtracks for action movies, you know, where it was mm-hmm. like all that same sound. It was kind of that vibe, that industrial metal vibe. The Matrix time. Yeah. yeah. I actually am more excited about a movie. I'll tell you why. Okay. Because why? I think Rob Zombie makes good records. 
I like pretty much all of them. I think this is a sixth, maybe. So seven. you're like not like you're so not it's like I know this is going to be fine. Yeah. But the movie, I'm always hoping for something on the level of Devil's Rejects, something brilliant, and I'm always disappointed. I'll be honest. So I kind of feel like I I think he can do it again. So I get a little more excited about it's his like movie. A challenge every time. I that was you excited see it. about Three from Hell for some reason, and Thirty One. I got really excited about both of those, and then when I saw him, I'm like. What was that other oh. one? Uh, do, uh, what the which one? No, Dogs the, of Salem or whatever. Lord, Lord's Lord's of Salem. Salem. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that one. Um, <laughs> Dogs of Salem. <laughs> you know, I bought that at Walmart before I saw it because it had a holographic co- cover and it was like nine ninety nine. You just got it for the cover. I just bought that's it for the cover. That's okay. Walmart marketing, right? Yeah. And so I bought it, and then I watch it. I'm like, don't need to own this. Put a holographic <laughs> cover on it. They'll they'll buy it. Don't need to own this. <laughs> Not at all. Don't ever need to watch it again. I no, just think- I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I, I convince myself to watch movies I don't enjoy many times to be like, maybe I missed something. And every time I, I pretty much feel the same. By the way, today is Halloween. She's really Woo! making the booty pop. It is Halloween. We are recording this on Halloween. Yeah. Spectacular. Yes. We're all dressed up. What's no. going on with your kids now? Are you going to take them uh, trick or treating? What I did. Uh, for, uh, let's go to dad talk. All right. <laughs> uh, Nipper right. Martyr here. Dad talk. Ready. All right. Interview um, will be in 10 minutes. So I'm joking. Interv- no, we'll, we'll, we'll jump. <laughs> to the interview right after dad talk but uh what i what we did is that we got brown paper bags and we hid candy in it and we hid it around our entire neighborhood we oh i haven't done it yet but that's the plan we're gonna hide around our neighborhood i'm gonna make a little map that's like five-year-old you know my kid's gonna be five in november 4th so like but it's easy to understand but easy to understand and then we're gonna kind of like search for the candy so we're not gonna trick or treat but we're gonna do a a, a treasure hunt in our neighborhood. That yeah, as far adorable. as I know, no one's doing trick or treating. It's all like some businesses are having trick or treating events, or like trunk or treat or, or something. Trunk or treats, yeah, but yeah. yeah Briscoe I mean, is Captain America. Dio is a, a fat version of Woody. Okay, Toy Story. <laughs> is it? Is he fat because he's fat, or was it? That's the costume. No, the costume is uh, is no, a normal he's, Woody he's costume, a, yeah, and he's, he's just he's fat. A he's a little chunky. chunky. You should have checked her Fat babies, you should always dress them as Mike Wazowski from you. Monsters Inc. Like because they're that round. Is, oh, because they're round. And, yeah, and it's like, or as and, a pumpkin, and, a fat yeah. baby yeah. in a pumpkin oh, costume. Oh my god! I'm okay, not changing my costume day up. I'm sorry. No, fat Woody is a great costume. And look, if you keep feeding him, he'll be fat next year too. So and he then can Mike be Wazowski, fat Buzz. You can do the whole I Toy Story thing. I don't think he's going to be fat next year because he's growing really tall, really fast, yeah. oh, and I think he's losing his chunks, dude. And that's how Briscoe was. Yeah, Briscoe got. Yeah, Briscoe was. He wasn't as chunky. He wasn't as chunky, but. But he's he's not dude. Dio's almost as tall as Briscoe. That's true. Oh my gosh! People really? Yeah. I mean, he's at he's at Briscoe. Briscoe's four. He's going to be five. Dio is fifteen months. I love when the big brother is smaller sh- than the little I brother. Mean, oh, I love no. that dynamic. When Dio was sitting on my lap the week he was here, he was like as tall, if not taller, than the microphone. <gasps> yeah, he's he's up there. Yeah, he's oh, up there. Wow. So and um, yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna no, be really tall, big. just like who he's named <laughs> tall, after. Baby. Yeah, Dio. That was a joke. Exactly. Yeah, he's yeah, not going to tell Ronnie James Dio was very, very tiny. I know Dio Patton. So both I remember when shorter he, guys. I remember when Ronnie James Dio grabbed thirty rebounds in a game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, that mental image just was hilarious because I pictured him like shirtless with leather pants yeah, on and a scarf around his grabbing neck, grabbing a fucking rebound, fighting off, kill the king, motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking last in line, yeah. kill the king, kill works the king. Too. Yeah, exactly. Because the king is James, LeBron James, and he just. Won the he title. just killed the king. So we need Ronnie James. Thank you so much to, to, for attempting to tie that in together, and it didn't work. Let's. Hey, who are we interviewing? Hey, let's jump to our interview with Mikhail Stan from Dark Tranquility.
I'm watching the Armored Saint uh, streaming concert. I'm all about this stuff because since the pandemic, oh, since nice. I can't go to shows, I've been yeah. just burning through my DVDs, man. And yeah, um, yeah, what else can you do? Just yeah, that's oh, what I do too. Oh, it's so. But like, I mean, we never. I know I, this is this is me just being positive, but I never have the time to actually sit down and do like this. You know, like where Death ah. is Most Alive is one of my favorites. You know, uh, I believe oh, nice. it's about ten years. Ten years old? I can't. I'm I'm bad with time. I feel like it's yeah, yeah, but it's yeah, it's yeah, two thousand eight. So it's even yeah, it's a even little worse. worse, even worse, <laughs> if we yeah. may. But uh, what a fantastic live show, fantastic live DVD, I, I, and, and the record. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Looking back ten years ago at that documentation of the band and its its career. I, I love how it came out. I love how what it uh, how it looks. Love the sound of it, and I love like capturing the the vibe of of the band and the audience and the crowd and the yeah the southern European Italian crowd. Fucking yeah, awesome. Awesome. And so, so we we kind of struggling like we want to do another live DVD, but mm. I don't know how we're gonna kind of top that one. Yeah, you know, it, it turned it, out better than we could have ever expected it. And like, okay, it's like where do we go from here? Uh, there's definitely there's definitely i, I mean I, I want you to do another one so I, I don't know how to exactly word it but uh that one came right after fiction i think which was also a lot of those songs live yeah. really i mean still to this day when i see you guys you guys do play a large uh a large so- song base off that that record still yeah. they really live um live so um we're gonna have to top it after people hear these songs on moment that's what we're gonna have to top it with because they're they're gonna yeah. live as well my friend everybody on the phone i got michael from dark tranquility real quick before uh, i should do, do the intro before we start talking dvds but uh the new record yep. moment is coming out november 20th man so excited four years since atama and um <sighs> yeah so in that time frame though there was a couple things that changed there was two guitarists that obviously joined for the recording of moment tell us about that whole uh the history of that and how that all came into play it was yeah so um so nicholas um left the band shortly after atoma or at least like he he decided to focus on family and not do any touring um so when we went out with that album we're like okay we need not one but two guitar players um, how do we do that? And Nicholas suggested Johan Reinholtz, whom he had worked with. He had done like a cover for one of his projects before. And I had also done some guest vocals on one of his uh, projects as well, Non-Exist, uh, an album that just came out. And and then we started talking about maybe Chris is available. You know, we know him, you know, and he's awesome. And uh, he's not with Arch Enemy at the moment, so, you know, why not? And we asked him when we were in New York where he was living at the time, and he said, yeah, sure, let's do some festivals. That would be awesome, you know? So we kind of started like that, you know, um, just f- trying to figure out, like, if uh, if we're, you know, if we can be on stage together and how it feels. Um, and immediately I, 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 I felt right, you know? We had a blast together. These guys are incredibly talented, obviously. So, so that was never an issue. But they were really into it, and yeah. So we just yeah had a great time, and then we said, okay, how about the next tour or the next festival run? And uh, we all said, yeah, sure, let's do it. And uh, yeah, and then we kind of continued ever since. And then we, when we started uh, planning out the record, we just asked like, oh, is you know you're staying for the duration? Like, is, is let's do this properly? And yeah, of course we. We agreed on, and that's the way, best way to move forward. And um, I'm really happy with it. It's been three years 
since they joined pretty much and it but it feels like way longer <laughs> because yeah it's it's it just felt right you know one of those things where just everything just clicks and, and feels the way it should yeah, absolutely man and yeah chris amot um for people that don't know he was an arch enemy for a long time michael amot's brother and uh yep. now part of dark tranquility that to me sounds perfect you know and uh it's it's really going to be interesting because his guitar playing is a little different than Nicholas. Um, it did, yeah. is that uh, is that something that you as a, a songwriter did enjoy, kind of having a different kind of uh, maybe style when you when you're putting songs together? Yeah, of course. Like uh, you know, at first we we like Anders wrote uh, most of the material at first, and then Martin started writing some, and then we we. We, we kind of wanted to be sure that we're on the right path first and foremost before kind of letting someone else in, you know what I mean? So making sure that we have the material, we have, you know, some solid songs that we like. And then we asked Chris and Johan, was like, how, how do you feel about this? And like, what, what, what do you want to add to it? And, and Johan kind of started rearranging some of the tracks and kind of really adding his, his flavor to it. Whereas Chris focused more on, on leads yeah. and, uh, that meant like you had to kind of yeah uh, adapt you know somewhat to to someone else um but at the same time trying to you know maintain kind of our sound so to speak mm -hmm. and that was really interesting you know Johan is super skilled and he he can do play anything you know so um so just finding that right balance where you know we want we know what what we want but we want him to kind of add his his style to it. And uh, after a few back and forths where we, you know, sent songs to him, he changed a lot of things, went sent back, and we changed a lot of things. And then eventually we started to find that rhythm and started to find that kind of common ground where we felt super comfortable with it. And then we just moved on with that. And it was it was great. And I, yeah, it's it's cool to have like a, a new tone, you know, guitar-wise, um, a new feel, and also like... In terms of lead work, these guys are, you know, shredders and super highly skilled, you know, lead guitar players. And, uh, and that's something that's always been kind of something that we kind of hesitated to use. Like Nicholas has never been comfortable with that. Martin never did it. So it was uh, so now here, here we're in the in the luxurious position where we go like, oh, maybe just like, yeah, hold back a little bit. You know, take it easy. You know, not, not too many solos, not too many notes, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, um, but it, it was awesome. Like just great um amazing time in the studio just uh, getting to know each other musically but also kind of letting them run free whenever we felt it appropriate and then kind of holding back somewhat uh, at other times man i can see uh I, I i obviously it doesn't sound um like i've seen it before but uh, you guys taking the breather and them doing the dual guitar solos that you know just having the, the 10 minute guitar off that's something that would be new to the show, but those guys can totally pull it off and keep that audience engaged. Dude, that's hey, you know, just think about. I it. would love that. Yes. I would love that. I've I've, I've suggested it many times. We <laughs> haven't done it yet, but maybe um, this is the this time to for to create something like that. So finally, when yeah things come back to normal, we'll, we'll figure something like that out. Perfect, that would be awesome. Man. So moment yeah. is a word that I um you know right now it, it always has an evolving philosophy for you as a human being because you know uh, when you're younger the word moment doesn't mean a lot but the older you get yep. moment means a ton. Now these yep. days obviously it's evolved into many things but tell us about why the album title was chosen uh, for this release. It was something like when I as I was starting to write lyrics and started to kind of figure out what I wanted to write about like what was. Well, what I was angry about, what I was frustrated uh, about, um, 
and I, I guess like I, I wanted to to at least have some overall theme, and that would be like why do we take the paths that we do? Like what what leads us in a certain direction? Uh, what is it that uh, attracts us to a certain um, idea uh, that you follow or um, any kind of path? Like and what is it about the past and your experience and your life that in that moment changes things and you you go a different direction? And also about yeah how you know new thoughts, new ideas, new revelations in your life uh, may totally alter that path. Um, so it was about those kind of life-changing moments in a way, uh, but also the small moments where, where you just, yeah, like, you learn something new and all of a sudden you see things in a different perspective and in a new light, so to speak. Yeah. And so that was the idea at first. And then, um, yeah, then I wrote about, yeah, just uh, how how I find the, the world to be, I don't know, not scarier, but, like, less hospitable in a way uh with each year maybe that's just me getting older or the world is actually becoming that big i don't know which is which but or maybe it's a bit of both um so so that was the idea and that that's what i kind of pitched initially to the other guys and to nicholas who um designed the cover and uh and then of course you know in february this year it all kind of became reality and it and it kind of started to mean something very different you know even though some of the songs kind of took on a new meaning and uh, felt um, eerily true all of a sudden. Like whereas it was kind of not hypothetical, but still um, somewhat vague before it, it kind of uh, solidified some of the the things that I uh, had been writing about. You know, the, the the previous year all of a sudden kind of not came true, but at least uh, part of it did. And that was kind of scary, but cool. And 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 then. You know, at first, like with the title, it was just like, yeah, an idea. And then uh, it made perfect sense and it kind of stuck. Yeah. It, I mean, and for it to be as relatable as it, it, as, as it is right now, I think that is something that's, there's a premonition. But it's funny how you said like the world's uh, a little less hospitable. It's a little more hostile. It feels that way because um, yeah. we all feel it. I, I personally do as well, you know, out here in the States yeah. and um but it, it also doesn't feel like truth to me. And that's the weird thing. That's the thing that I have the hardest thing to grasp. I'm like, okay, I hear it, I see it, but yeah. it's a completely different world when I step outside, you know? And yeah. That's, yeah. that's where it's kind of, I don't want to use, yeah, I guess I can use it. That's where the mind fuck comes into play. It's like, what do I, what do I believe more? You know, what's being told to me or what I see with my eyes? You know, it's, uh, yeah. And, it, and, and of course, it's, um, I don't know what the word is in English for it, but you know, the, if you read magazines, you only read about the interesting stuff, which is normally the bad stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's kind of like the what we always talk about here in Sweden, like your your grandmother or your parents, old older parents or stuff like that. They just go like, "Oh, the world is a horrible place." Just you know, I'm just reading the papers. Yeah, yeah. but you only read like all the negative stuff because that's the interesting stuff. You never read the positive, and that, that skews your worldview in a in a way that it's not. Uh, entirely truthful, right? Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, somewhere, I think that's where we are because of all the information that we consume and we get and, um, you know, most things I look up, but at the same time, I'm just like being, being bombarded with information and news and, you know, stories that just make me, yeah, doubt or um, lose faith in humanity sometimes. 
It's funny because I, I, I have another podcast. It's a documentary podcast. And I started it specifically. I know you're a fan of podcasts. I think when I saw you out here in Vegas, you went to a live podcast. This was a couple years back. Oh, um, oh yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. 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 I and I remember you, you came on stage. You're like, I just went to saw my favorite podcast live. Um, and I remember, yeah. I can't remember what it was, but I missed Adam Carolla. Adam yeah. Carolla. Yes. I missed going to that podcast to go see the show. <laughs> so oh, man. it was one of those things, but you made them both work out out here. And um, yeah, it was very, uh, yeah. That was a it was, tight, very tight squeeze. Like I had to run out immediately and just run on on our stage. Yeah, right away, <laughs> and killed it. Fantastic show, great time. Um, cool, but yeah, I remember you brought that up on uh, at that live show. And um, yeah. so I was telling you, I, I do this documentary podcast. The whole reason I started, it's called Rise to Offend, and I'm not plugging it or anything like okay. that. But the reason it is is that I wanted to do something where me. As someone that doesn't know people, like um, let's just say I did a we did a six hour episode on Phil Anselmo or Odorous Youngus, and you kind of go back or Gigi Allen, you go back and you kind of look at what is presented in the digital world of these people, yeah, yeah. and then I, yeah. we, we cut it together with interviews of them actually speaking, so you actually get some personality in there as well. But the point is, is that the whole point of the show is to be like, look, everybody's human, and we're digitizing yeah. them. You know, we're digitizing yeah. them to make them look less than. And yeah. their mistakes are our mistakes. And we are kind of, and that was the whole point of the show is, is just to be like, let's tell a documentary and just show people from reality. And they're yeah. all relatable. It doesn't matter if someone's huh? got an addiction problem. It doesn't matter if someone's got a power issue. If It's like yeah. we yeah. relate with all that. And that's something that I don't know how we get back there from, and, that, and that's maybe the fear that we're talking about with the moment, the moment and everything like that is that I don't know how we get back. I don't think you can go back is because yeah, it's going to be different. It has yeah. to be, yeah. The, the media or the, the way that we present things uh, needs to be different. And yeah, and how does that happen? And right. we don't we have to blame ourselves? Because you said like the... They yeah, cons- of course. They consume, we, or we consume the news and, and the people kind of see the world in a negative light, but it's media for profit. So they're only going to sell us what we want, right? Yeah. And uh, I think about the rise of like true crime podcasts. You know, people yeah. love them to death. And part of me feels kind of icky when I listen to them, you know, just because I'm like, eh, you know, maybe t- I'm too old not to, you know, desensitize yeah, and you, disassociate yeah, myself with the. Yeah, you victims. feel like a vulture. Yeah, kind of. right. Yeah. But um, we kind of want to be that way. It's like negative press is, yeah. is the best press in the world. Makes you feel better, right? If someone else fucks up and someone else is an asshole, it makes you feel better. That's the core. Yes. Yeah. So that's there's something wrong with myself included like i'm not trying to point fingers but there's something wrong in this because that that core is like hey i'm i'm better than this person and this person's better in life than i am in some faction whether it be financially or whatever um and that gives us some sort of joy or comfort very strange yeah Yeah, Um, but at at least you know we can talk about it and we know it right I, i think that's different like if you don't and you just get a kick out of something like that and you don't really know why and you're just like yeah this is just how it is and not understanding that that's just like a fundamental thing and a flaw in us mm-hmm. you know that that makes you feel like that um if, if you at least know that and can acknowledge that and and kind of deal with it in a way and just like be a little bit of embarrassed over it then it's then it's better you know then maybe you know we we learn to to kind of you know stay away from those things or or at least we take it for what it is and not just yeah blindly trusting something or blindly believing in something yes no that's and that's where you're you're right i think that's where we're collective in this mindset of either going to the one side to blindly believe or going to the other side to be like no we have to realize that there's something at our core that's 
making the world more difficult than it really is, you know, or more hostile than it really is. And the song Identical to None is one that really stuck with me because I've always had the philosophy of, of when it comes to the media, how we're lumped together by age groups, yep. you know, gender, all these things, instead of looked at as an individual. And cle- yep. clearly all those things don't really, to me, they never really mattered. It was always the individual, you know? Um, yeah. And so the song Identical to None, I don't know if that's what it's kind of touching on, because I did see the lyrics, um, but it does fit in that role. Can you tell me what that song, maybe, you know, when you were writing it, where the perspective was? It, it definitely deals with that. Like, just how simple it is to kind of, yeah, lump people together just because it, it makes sense. And maybe it's just like it's some kind of like safety mechanism that kicks in. It's like, oh, those are good. Those are bad. Those we like, don't we don't, uh, don't agree with. It's just like you, you categorize people in, in a way. And I think, you know, of course, it's helpful in, in many respects. But most of the time, it just like makes you view people as less than what they are. You know, just because you're part of something doesn't mean you're – a very much like those other people. It's just that you maybe have similar interests or you come from uh, the same place or you share their ideology or whatever it is. And it just, yeah, it's super unfair, of course. And it's just, um, and it just makes sense to, to on a very, very broad uh, spectrum, then it it makes somewhat sense, but it's so easy to just use um, simple words that describe like a, yeah, a, a subsection of, of, of people and just use the word and it, it becomes kind of, yeah, it, it's derogatory just because you're categorizing someone. And, um, and it's just, yeah, it, it, it makes for, um, a more polarizing conversation, I think. And, um, and, and that, that's part of the problem. Uh, when, when we're talking about things, uh, um, just, um, it kind of, even though you, you're talking about, um, kind of ending that kind of division, you ending that, that um, the way that we we talk about those things, but you're doing it uh, anyway because you, because it's easier to communicate that way and and it's easy for, for people to understand. But I think that kind of um, yeah, it prolongs the problem, so to speak, and uh, it doesn't help. Yeah, it still teaches hate and alarmist rhetoric. Yeah, it, it is always easier yeah. to be angry than subtle and calm and listen. Yeah, it, it always will be. And trust me, as we are growing up, I'm sure that. You know, I can say for myself, I chose the anger route to get out of a situation I was uncomfortable with, you know, opposed yeah. to the other way. We, I'm, I'm thinking most people do. It's a learning curve for us. Oh, and, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. And that alarmist rhetoric, though, that's being taught is hate speech. You know, um, it's not that too, yeah. blatant, you know, like we want it to be, but it is. And that's something that I feel like we're replacing one hateful thing for another hateful thing. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, and that's where we're not learning, but... You know, when we, we talk about lyrics, um, one thing about Dark Tranquility, man, and, I, and I've always been such a huge fan of getting out the booklet and reading what you're trying to say, because you've grown so much through the years and um, as far as lyrics go, and, and you've, you've mastered it. You're a craftsman at this, you know? I'm and, almost an adult now, yeah. I'm telling you, man. But like when you read, at least for me, I think I'm, I'm growing up the same age kind of with you. So eye to eye, I'm like, this is what I needed. But in the 12 albums that you've had, which lyrics... Which lyrical output that you put are you proudest of? Oh wow, yeah, I don't know. One. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, maybe like the the stuff I when we were writing Projector, mm-hmm. I think that that was like I was at least I remember like going through some of the, like the, the most difficult 
times, you know, just in general, like things were shitty. And and that, uh, then I really felt like that helped me. Like, you know, I got through a lot of shit and I felt so much better because of it. And that album was different because of that, but musically it was different as well. And we, we, we were in a different place, like um, as a band. Um, and I think the, the way that it came out and just how it made uh, me feel like um, to, to kind of get rid of that somehow was, uh, yeah, a little, little bit of a turning point. I, I, I realized that, that that really does um, help. And so I just, yeah, I continue on that path because of that album. Before that, there was, yeah, maybe uh, lyrics meant something else, you know, and all of a sudden, like, uh, sticking more to to reality and being more honest and being um, um, more truthful about things makes it uh, easier to write and also um, more difficult to to um, I don't know, like to word it properly. But also, it it makes more uh, sense for for me to when I we go out and tour, you know, endlessly and having something that really matters to me uh, will affect. The way you, um, of course, project that and, and um, uh, scream about it, you know, on a stage. So, uh, so I think that for for me that was like a, a big like a turning point, or at least like a realization that this this is something that I I, I need to do rather than just for yeah for, for fun as it were. Yeah, dude. No, and that's I, I'm so glad you brought up. I mean, projector. Um, that 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 record. I think when it came out, maybe people didn't get that, but it aged to a point where I think it's considered now one of the classics. You know, um, I know live therein as a staple is every time I've yep. seen you guys, the the audience is singing every word. It is it is yeah. a beautiful song, you know for sure. And that's something that I think when when I when you look back in history, guys like Charles Bukowski or the beat writers out here, they were in essence, the rock stars of their generation, meaning that they were oh, writing yeah. the words that mattered. And then as yeah. we evolved and you put, um, you know, music behind the same poetry, yeah. we, yeah. It, you know, in essence, it, 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 it I don't want to say it took away from the poet, but it, it yeah. evolved the poet. And that's something that serious writers have to consider themselves like, Hey, I have to do this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I remember projector having that vibe to me, having that poetic vibe to me. So that's, that's beautiful, man. I'm glad, I'm glad that's the one you brought up. I, I, for some reason thought it was going to be, we are the void. I don't know why. Lyrically, that one really well, sticks with me like hard. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, that was a tough one as well. It, yeah. Like it, it actually like similar situation kind of triggered that album as well. Like a lot of, um, yeah, just a lot of weird, like relationship issues that just like led into, you know, needing to write and just like. And uh, yeah, much like uh, projectors, like it comes from like, yeah, drinking too much and just like not being able to deal with, with feelings at all um, until you kind of you get your shit together and sit in front of a computer and just like write everything down, just like get it out um, instead of being angry all the time. Um, and I, that, that, so that really, really helped and really worked. Nice, dude. Now, um, you know, I don't want to st- stick to sad topics, but we, you know, Eddie Van Halen died this year, Neil Peart, all these guys um, that are yeah. very, very vital to our scene. And then yeah. I was thinking about like which artists that passed away, they kind of, they kind of comes out of nowhere when it hits you. You never know who's, yes. gonna, um, you know, which one's going to kind of encompass you and, and kind of paralyze you for a second. I mean, the last time for me, it was Chris Cornell that kind of took me yeah. out. I didn't see it coming. For sure. Um, but as as a musician, as a peer to a lot of these guys, um, which artists passed away that really hits you and that maybe motivated you to see things differently in life, in your career? 
I think one of the worst was Dio. Oh, like yeah. uh, I remember being on on tour at the time. Um, I was in the middle of nowhere in America, somewhere like far away from home, and me and my girlfriend are like, yeah, Dio is our you know hero, and something that that we always kind of bonded over for ever since we met, and and not being with her, you know, like you know, comforting her and and not being there. And not dealing with it together was uh, one of the worst. And of course, just yeah, the, the shock was, um, it was devastating. Um, but I think like for, for me, like personally, it was Neil Peart. He's, mm. he's been, yeah, my, one of my absolute biggest heroes and idols uh, since I was 16 or something like that. Like his lyrics, his like drumming is kind of like his way of, of being and just being super gentle uh, and uh, and just like the, the most amazing uh, person and musician and lyricist and he had, he has inspired me more than any other uh, lyricist or musician I think um, and so that was yeah super devastating I um, um, yeah I was fortunate enough to to see them many times and and on the last tour. And knowing that, you know, maybe this is this is going to be the last time that was tough enough. But then knowing that or that then when this happened, like I I'm, I feel like that was the best invested money I've ever spent just going all the way over to America just to see a, a tour. But it was um, yeah, that, that was super rough. Like I just I, I couldn't believe it. And, uh, that's and that's 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 the connection we have because they're like you know I always like, say it on the show I'm like these are like best friends of ours that we've never met maybe personally yeah but I've spent yeah. more conversations with their lyrics and their words and and that and I actually listen in, to them to make myself a better person because there's a yeah a, a, a distance so it's like and you, and there's something in my mind that hits you later you're like I never got to thank them you know yeah. um. But uh, no, it's, yeah. it's weird. Like it's I, weird I was asked to. Go ahead. Oh yeah, I was asked to to write like a, a like a story of Neil to, uh, for Sweden Rock Magazine, which is the biggest magazine here in Sweden. And I I struggled with that for for two weeks or something like that, just you know, to write like six pages. And it was one of the most difficult things I've done. Just I don't know. Like I'm I'm not a uh, I don't write stuff like that normally, and just like writing, but like. Um, someone like him and just tried to kind of uh, explain to to the readers like what what he has meant you know for me and for for a lot of people and that kind of stuff it was it was horrible like it, it was the most difficult thing i've i've, I've done like uh, in in you know in music in general um but uh, but it felt good afterwards and, and the response that i got was was great so just yeah sometimes you need to to, to kind of get some some of that out out of your system and at least um to to and also uh, i got so, such a great response from a lot of the readers just like you know a lot of comforting words and stuff like that because yeah it was tough like yeah but some some of my best friends who are the biggest fans like we just needed to go out and listen to the records and drink together you know and just talk about it so uh, that that helps so and it, and it kind of yeah of course like music is is eternal like nothing will ever be forgotten or anything like that but it's just feels weird you know when someone is not there anymore and same with Eddie Van Halen of course like mm-hmm. stuff like that it's just it, it's just unfathomable you just cannot even picture a world without them you know what is if if I may just just off topic uh, or not off topic it's on topic but um what what is the most underrated Rush album to you Ooh, I don't know maybe I love um 
I, I love them all. I really, really do. But I think like even you have something like Presto, which is uh, not you know considered any other greats. But I love that album. Um, I love. Um, yeah, I, 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 the latest I think is is one of the the best they've done in you know fifteen twenty years or so. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, everything like I there's not a not a bad album in there. I think. And, and that's that, pretty rare. That's How many bands rare. can say that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You said it. You said it. Now. How many can can yeah. say that? So, um, one thing we don't get to talk about too often on the show is uh, new tours. You know, yep. um, you guys did uh, book a North American tour for 2021, but there was some issues that occurred with the booking agent. Can you give us any yeah. details on that and an update on the North American tour? Is it still on? Is it? And can you can you give us anything on that? Yeah, we we are right now working with a new agent mm-hmm. and uh and they are working on like doing this a similar uh tour in the same time period um so so that's all i know like we literally like yeah we started talking to a guy um like two weeks ago or something like that so so that's gonna be thinking yeah you just like yeah the, the guy who who booked the the tour for us like um like we found out like just what a bad guy he is and um it's just like a lot of things came out about him and we realized that there's no way we could work with him anymore and we kind of called off the tour and called off our uh, relationship with him um and just that uh, you have moved on and i think yeah for it's going to be for the better without a doubt and uh, i'm looking forward to kind of yeah moving on and and booking a super cool show if it's even possible to do that and this is yeah this is a year from now and I don't know. Well, <laughs> I'd love for it to happen, but who knows? Who knows? But that's the positive thing is that it is a year from now, and and whatever yeah. occurred with with this gentleman, the the point is is that we have time to react. But we're still, you're, it's not canceled. So that's the no. great news for us fans is that it's still gonna yeah. go down. And and uh, I do remember, I believe it was September originally, but those dates as of right now are scrapped, and then we're just trying to salvage everything. So there will be a. When it's all put together, there will be another kind of release for us North American fans to say, here, here's the new yeah. dates. Perfect. Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. That's and what uh, I was yeah, hoping we're to hear. working on it right now. You know. Beautiful, man, so, beautiful. So um, with that, man, I got to tell you, there's a couple things I got to let everybody know one more time, guys. Moment is coming right. out November 20th. Guys, pre-order this record. It's Dark Tranquility. Yes. It's their 12th album, but I'm telling you, you guys have never, never disappointed. Always excelled. It's one of the, you guys are one of those special bands that just you speak it correctly um, to us heavy music okay. fans. So I really, really want everybody <laughs> out there to pre-order that one. So I told you at the beginning of the show that I am stoked about streaming shows and all these things. I've I was watching the Armored Saint one right before I called you. I watched the Enslaved one again yesterday before it expires. Oh, on nice. Me. Oh, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And. Um, yeah, and the, like this, that these shows, the great thing for fans that don't know, they're, 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 all the bands are playing new songs off the new record. That if yeah. they don't get to tour for like a year, you won't see like four or five tracks off the new record. It's that's what yeah. makes them really cool to me. So, have you guys? And I don't know if it's if uh, if if it's something that's going to come out in a press release later. I'll cut this question out. But have you guys thought or considered doing a new show and kind of focusing on some of this new material for the fans or streaming show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we are. And this will come out in a press release later, but we can talk about it anyway. Okay. Because, yeah, this is what we're planning. Um, we're, like, um, the idea is to, to do a streaming show uh, the day after release, so on the Saturday, I guess, 21st of November. Uh, we're going to 
play a show here in a beautiful venue uh, in town because all the venues are empty so we can choose pick and choose whatever we want and this is the night one of the nicest that we know and we're just gonna yeah play the entire album all of the songs um and and treat it as if this was the first show of the the moment tour you know so it's going to be yeah full production and full crew and 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 all that stuff so just it's i i cannot wait like we our last show was in august of last year and uh we haven't seen the crew guys you know at all since then and yeah so they're coming over in a couple of weeks and we're gonna like kind of start um, uh, putting this together and it's going to be amazing and the other guys are coming up tomorrow we're going to re- rehearse for the first time this these songs that we haven't played yet so <laughs> it's going to be super cool and I, I cannot wait and we just want to make it as special as possible and again like yeah like this was the first show of, of the tour which is something that we normally do like every well, the last two albums have been yeah one show like on the day of release and, and this is going to be that but different and you're playing the moment in its entirety. That's what I wanted to yes. hear. Just as yeah, we've never done that before, and so maybe we won't again. But uh, it's it's gonna be cool. Like, see if we can pull it off. Yeah, but those songs are gonna we're we're gonna experience them as fans on the record the day before, and then live, and that's part of the evolution, yeah. you know. So, um, yeah. super stoked, super excited about that, guys. Make sure when the press release gets out, dude. If it comes out when I release this episode, I'll make sure to promote it guys, but the link, everything will be told, but guys, that's, that's exciting news. So one more time, everybody pre-order moment, November 20th, it's coming out. Make sure you look for the streaming show. It sounds like November 21st. The details will be coming through all of us metal media. That's a guarantee. So with that, Michael, I want to thank you so much, man, for calling in to the metal sucks. podcast. Pleasure, man. Yeah.
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
I know I call them Michael. I call everybody with that name from Sweden Michael. I Americanize them. So don't yell at me. His name is Mikael. Guys, <laughs> I know. I don't need the emails. Okay? <laughs> He does need the emails. He Send me the emails. He's got care. us. We'll Guys. Talk. Listen, as somebody who corrects Pete's spelling and pronunciation every single week, please help us. How do you say my name? Better Spitch. Woo! <laughs> you, know, you know what? When I, when I do like any kind of talk to people, they call me Peter, though. That's Just true. Saying, I I that's true. I'm going to tell you this. For the first three years of our friendship, I didn't know his name was Petter because he just called himself Pete. And then I saw his name in the yearbook and I'm like, they spelled your name wrong, stupid. And he's like, <laughs> he did do that. He did do that. Like, they spelled it Petar? What is this shit? And he's like, Petar. oh, that's what it is on the birth certificate. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, your parents are wonderful people. Thank you. <laughs> first song you guys heard, two tracks off the new record, Moment, that's coming out November 20th. First song, Identical to None. Second song, The Dark Unbroken. Make sure you guys are pre-ordering this record, guys. Moment comes out November 20th. Fantastic. Third song you heard is from the band Soul Burn, from Archeon to Oblivion. And their new album, Noah's Dark, is coming out November 13th, guys. So if you dug that track, make sure you check out that band and pick up that record as well. I want to thank all you guys out there for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the good old Apple iTunes. You guys are the best. That's all us four asked for in this podcast. Just a little click on the five-star review. You're all handsome That's and very it. good looking. You're all handsome and very good looking. I'm going to tell you right now, when Pete, he was so much more poignant when he had nipples. And now it's just, he's just a, he's just tra- he's a runaway train. A man. He's a runaway <laughs> train. where all his I, power I, was. Knows, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Samson had hair. Pete has nipples. It's just how it works. Oh, R.I.P. Nipples. Send in your fan art of Pete's nipples. <gasps> exactly. In other words. Yeah, oh my God, please. Send in your fan art of Pete's yes. nipples. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. And all it is is just a chest with no nipples. That's all it is. You don't even have to. Well, you should. Just send in a white piece of paper. That's what Pete's nipples are going to look like. This should totally happen. Hashtag Pete's nipples. This is all getting edited out. He's going to be so devastated if you guys create this hashtag. Oh, hashtag Pete's nipples. Let's do this. <laughs> No need for that, guys. Uh, but you can't do. hashtag our other podcast rise to a fan. Oh, hashtag, hashtag RTO nope. or, or that. So <laughs> thank you guys for listening to Rise to a Fan. We're doing part two of ICP this week. We just recorded it. <laughs> R.I.P. Sean Connery. Oh, yeah. I forgot. 90 years old. For a second, I thought you. I thought his name was P. Sean. <sighs> All right, we're done. <laughs> P. Sean Connery. I mean, everybody should be I mean, having he just a martini, is like one of those, vodka martini tonight, just in remembrance. Those gentlemanly celebrities that always just upheld the, you know, just like the very old-fashioned, like, you know, the old Hollywood starlet standard yeah. of just being a gentleman in a class act. And he was sexy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Amen. <laughs> you don't got to tell me. All right. Squirt City over here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. That um, yes, <laughs> you and well, Brandon, tick, tick, you tick, and Brandon made us. But we're just no, like, dude, come on. I'm over here in Squirt County. So, it's a bit that's dirtier. my kid's <laughs> n- middle name. Don't do it. Booey, ooh, ooh. You took until, it there. Until next week, we'll never end the show like this again. <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.